you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Lee Paquette, CEO at Blueprint X. How are you doing today? I'm great, Aurélien. Well, it's a pleasure having you. And I think the topic of today is, uh, is, is actually quite uh, disruptive for all the salespeople that are listening to us, because it's around turning marketing into a revenue engine. Uh, but, but before we, we, we start the conversation, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience? as well as telling us a little bit more about what you do at Blueprint X. Yeah, of course, absolutely. So I'm CEO of Blueprint X, as you, as you mentioned. Blueprint X is really a uh, technology agency, but it's quite kind of simple. We, we help CMOs and uh, marketing leadership really maximize their technology investments, as you know, and as most people probably know, is an explosion in marketing technology. So, you know, how to best use that technology to drive revenue yeah. Uh, which is always the purpose, is, is our aim. And, and we've been doing that for five years now. We've kind of worked out what works and what doesn't, I think. And uh, we're kind of, you know, we work with mainly mid-sized enterprise-sized companies globally. Sure. So in, in, in marketing, there is so many things that, that you know, marketing team can do. And I guess depending on the size of the organization, depending on the type of organization, depending on how famous the brand is, the marketing activity can change and you can go from brand reputation, you can go PR, you can go lead generation, you know, content syndication, all sorts of great stuff you can do as marketing. But we see a strong shift towards marketing in the, in the technology industry having larger impact within sales revenue or, or will from, from the boards to actually drive more revenue from marketing. What does it take for marketing teams to make this shift and have a mindset is more focused on, on, on generating business, generating revenue? Yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a true summary and a, and a good question. I think the last bit, you know, the key to the word or the key to this is the, that one of the last words you mentioned earlier, was, which was mindset, right? So the whole function, if we kind of go back a little bit, you know, marketing is a function as in a kind of mid-sized company in an enterprise global company can be very, very different, right? So, and I think we have to recognize that and we have to remember that. But let's take a typical company have been set up by channel, where they've been set up, as you said, by brand, by web, by marketing, digital then come along and there was another strand of marketing, but a different department. So effectively, a lot of these kind of things have been set up in a kind of organizational structure, which is pretty defunct. So yeah. quite right, right? So what's kind of happening now, and it's been happening for a while, but it's gaining a lot of, it's accelerating fast is, you know, there's a lot of investments being made in marketing. There's a lot of shiny new toys that CMOs can buy or digital teams can buy. And with the pretext of, you know, it kind of really shifting the needle and finding out that it, it doesn't really do that. And so there's a huge amount of money being put into customer experience and and the web and personalization and then account-based marketing and all of these kind of disciplines which are all hope to ultimately drive revenue. But I think mm -hmm. the key thing is, is in our experience and in my experience is that kind of what's happened is a lot of these investments have failed and a lot of these, these approaches have failed. And so what kind of CEOs who ultimately, or CFOs who ultimately sign this kind of stuff off now, you know, they want to see... You know, what's the return on investment? You know, so if we put a dollar in, what do we get back and when do we get it? 
And, you know, we want to see a bit more security around that happening rather than, you know, we're going to buy a new piece of technology, which will help us personalize our customer journey. Well, that's great. But how are we going to get a retain on that? And I think that takes a new mindset, you know, for a marketing department in general and a kind of typical company, you know, they've predominantly focused and I've been in marketing in one way or another for 20 years. I've focused on doing stuff, you know, on output, you know, number of events, number of campaigns, number of visitors to the website. And that's, again, they're, you know, they're key performance indicators, but really are they going to shift the needle and drive towards revenue? So what is kind of required is a new mindset of, you know, fail fast, you know, test and target really quickly and have a real model that drives towards revenue and make sure that ultimately the most important thing is that the marketing department is aligned to the other functions within the business because this is particularly sales. This is super important uh, in every sector, but you know, particularly in the tech sector. Sure. And I guess, do, do you see a shift depending on the size of the organization in terms of the importance of marketing being linked to revenue? Yeah, no, definitely. I think in a, in a mid-sized company, it's definitely more important and it's more of a focus because the management team may be smaller the CEO is closer to the business, uh, the day-to-day business. In an enterprise company, let's say a big, you know, a big bank in the financial services industry, then you know that that, that marketing department could be huge, right? It could be you know several hundred people in it and lots of different functions. So actually, it is also about doing stuff that needs to be done on a regular, daily, weekly, monthly basis, right? So I think the the gap. In a small, in a, the difference in a mid-sized company and an enterprise company, you know, the gap is is reducing faster in mid-size because the CEO is closer to the the front line. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we we see that happening a, a lot in in smaller organizations, and particularly even the the one that have received investment recently, or even a lot of investment. People tend to be, or let's say, the CFO is closer to the CMO in the way they invest investing and. They are often asking us for what they're asking us to build a business model or business cases before we even start working because they want to make sure that every single action we do and every single, as you mentioned, every single dollar or pound invested into, into the marketing machine will, will, will create a return. Um, when it comes to revenue generation techniques, have you seen any revenue generation techniques that from your perspective work better than other or, or marketing people? No, I think for me, the crucial element is consistency and and alignment, right? So, you know, I think all of our customers will use different forms of, of revenue generation, demand generation, you know, in their particular market segment, content syndication, you know, uh, ABM, you, all strategies and tactics that have various different degrees of success. But I kind of think that when I see the best performance, is when there's a consistent approach, a joined up approach, an aligned approach with sales, where there's a, you know, a combined sales funnel, there's agreed ways of working. All of these things are in place that, you know, to, to really get visibility on the performance. The tactics have a degree of variable, but again, you know, for me, the fund, again, the fundamentals right and being consistent in the approach and being joined up always delivers a better result. And when you say joined up, is it joined up with the, your management as a marketing person, your sales team, or, or any other organization within your company? All of that, but the most important piece is sales, right? And where I see the biggest 
disconnect is, and this is the most difficult thing to, to resolve, is where, you know, if you have a sales and a marketing team with agreed ways of working and agreed integrated sales funnel, you know, joined up tactics in terms of how they'll approach it, agreed SLAs on, you know, how things will be followed up and under what time frame, you know, and that is then implemented into the technology from a, you know, from Salesforce or from marketing automation and, you know, topics from what, how content should be written, what type of content, what type of nurture campaigns, all of these kind of things should be a decision that is taken between the marketing and sales team. So you have a combined approach. For me, that, you know, in the five or six years that I've been doing and advising some very big companies on how to do this, that always delivers a better result. Sure. So uh, that's that's actually a very interesting topic. And I was just about to, to take you down. So I'm glad you kind of building me a, a bridge to my next question, which is, you know, we often see a, a, an issue in, in getting the value of marketing or, or associating marketing to revenue, associating marketing activities, sorry, to revenue. And, and that's often due to the fact that the sales team may not attribute deal back, may not declare pipeline, may not input all that data that is absolutely important for, for the marketers into, into the systems. So the question I'd for is, what is the attribution model you've seen being the most successful? Well, look, I think you've hit the nail on the head, right? So, you know, we can get relatively accurate attribution a top of the funnel because that's in marketing's control, marketing's gift. But then when we get through the funnel, as you've said, and this is kind of plays out in most organizations, is, you know, we don't have, you know, salespeople putting pipeline into Salesforce or the CRM. We don't have, you know, the correct agreed ways of working, which this is the problem, right? So this is, this is if, and I say, I was with a company last week, you know, in, in another part of the world, quite a big company in the technology sector. And I said to the CMO there, look, you know, unless you solve that problem, whatever we do over here, whatever level of effort we do on, you know, the top of the funnel is yeah. going to reduce the fact of performance because you're constantly still going to be spending 60 to 70% of your time having to justify your seat at the table because we can't get attribution further down the funnel and we can't ultimately understand what the contribution of marketing is. And this is for me the big issue that, you know, the kind of industry needs to get their head around is, you know, there's lots of shiny new toys around that, out there. There's not a, lots of tactics and strategies that it's a bit like the fitness industry, right, or the health and fitness industry. Lots of different approaches. There's lots of different things that you can do. And you know what? They'll probably work in some form. But unless you get the fundamentals right, then everything you do will have a limited effect and probably won't last that long. And I think that's why you see a lot of CMOs and a lot of leadership in marketing with very short uh, tenures in their roles because they're spending most of their time trying to justify why they're there in the first place. Absolutely. Another question kind of that just came up by, based on the on, on your answer to, to my previous question. I had the opportunity to uh, to spend one evening with uh, twelve or fourteen CMOs in the Bay Area uh, a few weeks back, and we we had a very interesting topic of conversation at some point in the evening where we spoke about how do you market to existing opportunities, and and what I realized I realized that most of them and some of them around the table were part of a very large organization. They are probably focusing on, they made me feel that they focus most of their efforts 
in generating net new leads, generating net new opportunities, if you will. Yeah. But when an opportunity was declared or when something was getting into the CRM system, they kind of left it to the sales team to follow up and, and close, basically. But since the conversation was going around account-based marketing, going back into the accounts, people going quiet on you, and the question I've got for you is, do you suggest, do you recommend, or and, and what would be the percentage or how much time should you invest in actually marketing to existing opportunities? And I'm not talking about opportunities that are closed business. I'm talking about people that your sales team are actually currently trying to sell into and, and they know that there is something going on. Yeah, yeah. And I get, so is it an account-based approach and how can you sell more you know, to your existing customers? And yeah, look, I think it's a... You know, account-based marketing, which again is a big misunderstood and misused term, right? Because a lot of people think that account-based marketing is a technology, uh, which it is because, you know, it's an account-based marketing platform, but account-based marketing is a strategy. And, you know, it's, it's a very broad strategy and it makes a lot of sense for marketing department. And look, here's how it normally kind of rolls out, right? So, is what happens is sales say to marketing, right, look, you do top of the funnel and get us lots of leads, right? And we'll kind of trash those leads, but we'll pick the ones we want to pick. It goes to sales and then sales say, look, marketing helpers, you know, provide some information for us, enablement, what they would classify as enablement, which is really just kind of information for the sales guys to use. Now, that is an account-based marketing and it's kind of often leveraged that way. But a strategy, an account-based marketing strategy, you know, was right the way through the funnel. So I believe that marketing can provide, and I've seen it, you know, with, with our own clients, a huge amount of value to the sales process. And, you know, to, and just by mapping out that process that, and having that integrated pipeline and having agreed ways of working across the sales and marketing program, then you know, marketing can provide a huge, huge amount of value. And I've seen this in, you know, sales teams where sales teams have, have, have seen the value of this and, and you know, and, and really, really get behind it. And, you know, and, and there's lots of great companies out there that are doing this really well. And, you know, lots of salespeople that, you know, now won't go and work at a tech company if these kind of fundamental pieces are in place, because when they've seen it in, the organization they've come from and how powerful it is, then, you know, they know they're going to limit their success if these things are not in place. So if it's hard to do, it takes a new mindset. It takes, you know, leadership, the whole business being on board. And, you know, there's going to be some people who, and particularly in sales and marketing teams that don't buy into it, but it really is the only way to approach it. And, and, and it's fundamental things of getting anything right. Absolutely. But do you think it's because it's, it's kind of normal practice to have the perception that marketing should be incentivized on a pipeline rather than revenue? Oh, yeah, definitely normal practice. And, and look, even pipeline is kind of second phase for most businesses. I think most businesses are, and look, you know, there's, there's, I'm not a big, I don't buy into the whole, you know, the US is a lot more mature than Europe or the UK. I think there's, there's an element of truth in that. But I think in general, the you know most businesses, most marketing teams are being still measured on output, and what I mean by that is you know number of leads, NQL, right, and number of campaigns, number of people visited the website. You know th- these kind of metrics, which are 
you know, you need to have and need to understand. They are important. They are, they are leading to the other thing, which is the revenue at the end of the day. Yeah, of course. And and and, but it's it's in isolation, kind of useless. And um, because all it does is this is what kind of happens, and because the the CEO or the CFO or whatever, when the CMO keeps coming back and asking for more money and keeps presenting the same metrics over and over again, and then the CFO goes, "Okay, well, we've been doing that for a year now, and we've spent X amount of dollars." on tactics and new technology and new people. And, you know, actually we've got very little for it. Great. We've, you know, we've done five more campaigns and you know what, we've now doing personalization on the website. Well, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, a lot of these kind of things are common sense, but they haven't been able to drive down to the bottom line in terms of driving new customers. And, and again, that, you know, comes back to the same kind of problem that we see over and over again in terms of the, you know, and I, I, I'm a, you know, our, our BHAG in, in our business is, you know, we want to make our customers heroes. And, you know, what marketing people are going through right now, what marketing organizations and, and, and people are going through a huge transformation. And this stuff is hard. But when I see our some of our, whether it be our clients or the marketplace doing things that and spending lots and lots of money on things that are going to have a really limited effect, you know, we've got to speak out because, you know, it's the wrong, it's, the, it's just fundamentally the wrong approach. Uh, there's lots of reasons behind it of why it happens, but you know a lot of these kind of things now are relatively simple, and simple is hard, and that's where again companies you know kind of get lost because they get lost in the politics of it all. Absolutely. So I'm kind of drilling a little bit in that point, but do you think that the the marketers of tomorrow, the CMOs of tomorrow, should actually go to their CEO and go to their head of sales, chief revenue officer, whatever we call that person, the person that would be responsible for the top line, and actually say, well. I want to have measurable KPIs and objective based on revenue, based on company success. Do you think that's a future? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think if if you're a really smart CMO now, then, uh, you know, if I was going into a CMO role, I would say, look, I need a few things. I need, you know, fundamentally tied to a revenue number, but I need the ability and the scope to be able to affect that. So that's probably going to need some organizational changes. Uh, it's going to need a model, right? Because, you know, a lot of the kind of, you know, let's go back to the health and fitness kind of example. A lot of the kind of things out there at the moment, the fads don't are good in isolation, but it's not a broad model. And that, you know, uh, the CMO can present to the CEO and say, look, here's a model we're going to introduce. Here's what I need. I need your support. I need money. I need, yeah. I'm willing to, you know, be tied to a revenue number. And and get the business on board first. I would do that before I do anything. The kind of what normally happens, as you and I know, is the CMO comes in and goes, "What kind of shiny thing can I do to prove I'm some worth?" And I, you know, I'll rebrand the website, and mm-hmm. and then he spend half a million dollars rebranding the website. And what happens is that you know the level of effort compared to the level of impact of that approach then delivers very little. So. You know, it kind of, and the CEO gets frustrated, the CFO gets frustrated, the CMO leaves, and then we go round again. And so if, if I was a CMO, that's what I'd be doing. I, I would basically, here's my model, here's my approach. You give me the support, I'll deliver this number. If you don't give me the support, I'm not going to deliver the number. It's kind of black and white. Sure, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Coming back to a tactical question, in the preparation of that podcast, we spoke about, uh, and coming back to the revenue attribution as well with the sales team, we spoke about how marketing automation could play a role in facilitating that attribution. Can you please develop on that a little bit more? 
Yeah, look, markets and automation is um, a kind of the metaphor, the analogy that I use is, you know, it's an engine and from a marketing team and it sits at the center of the markets and business. You know, it, it kind of has to be integrated to the, the, the CRM and whatever that is. You know, we've got to be pulling data back and forth. And, you know, we've got a, every channel that we access, you know, has to be pu- pulling back data from that channel into the marketing automation platform. So we're starting to build up a really clear picture of our marketable database against our addressable, total addressable market. And, uh, you know, for, I guess, the majority of my experience in marketing automation, it's not looked at like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, marketing automation has looked at how could we, you know, automate emails, right? How can we, what we do now, let's keep doing that, but can we do it better? And sure. for me, that's a complete not a waste of time and it's not what it was supposed to be. That makes perfect sense, Lee. Well, thank you, thank you very much for that and, and thanks for all the insight and input that you, you shared with us today. We, we have a traditional question at the end of the podcast, which is, well, if someone wants to get in touch with you, Lee, to hear further down some of the topics we discussed today or if they want to, to engage with Blueprint X, what would be the best way to engage with you? Yeah, look, easiest way, two channels you know, on Instagram or LinkedIn. Obviously, put my name into LinkedIn or Instagram is Lee underscore Hackett. And we're trying to build a community of Blueprint X of marketing and sales people and, you know, really roll out these best practices and take away a lot of the kind of misinformation and, and, and a lack of understanding of what, you know, the fundamentals are. So, you know, more than happy if anyone wants to shoot me a message directly. But, you know, really appreciate you taking the time to you know, to bring me on and, and you know, and, and, and answer the questions. Well, Lee, it was great to have you on the show today. So thank you very much for your time. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.